Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Mortgage Matters with Chris. This week, we're talking about a phenomenon that a lot of people are feeling. That's called the mortgage rate lock effect. Essentially, it's someone who has a low interest rate on their home and they feel stuck because they don't want to lose that rate. We've got some great options for you. So thanks for tuning in. And as always, don't forget to like and subscribe for more great content like this. Well, thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode of Mortgage Matters with Chris. Uh, as we, as Chris hinted here, we are diving into um, what is being talked about last couple of months, which is something that I think we all kind of knew was coming down the pipeline. Um, but I guess it's a good problem. And so what that is, is people who feel like they are stuck with their rate. There's actually a term for this, Chris. It's called uh, a mortgage rate lock. So it's this phenomenon, and I'm curious to hear if you've ever experienced this before, but where people bought homes at such a low interest rate, so 2020, 2021, right? Uh, and then they're sitting somewhere between 2 to 4% interest, and now they feel like they can't sell because they, they don't want to lose that interest rate. So it's happening now that we're a couple years out, we're starting to see some like effects on the housing market with it. So Chris, you've got some solutions for us, some alternatives, um, I guess some good pointers for people who might be feeling this phenomenon. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you have a lot of people that have been sitting on the sideline here um, because of, you know, they're sitting in the high twos or even the low threes as an interest rate. And as we know, rates doubled at the fastest rate they've ever had uh, last year. Within months, they were double. So essentially, people's payments would be double. So no matter what they had for equity, they just were frightened and still are frightened and scared that they have to, you know, take on a new mortgage at a higher interest rate when they're sitting at this two and a half percent. So, you know, the, it's definitely something that's going to be um, talked about as we get through this, but we're actually starting to see a little bit of a dip in interest rates from, you know, the, the mid sevens down to, you know, low sixes and then even some, at some points, even in the high five. So, I mean, we've been seeing some, some, it's been a strange market, but we're, you know, I'm always telling people that if you need to, to move, I mean, you're going to have, you're going to cash in a lot of equity anyways. And we've all heard the the saying, marry the, you know, marry the house, rate the date or date the rate, rate the date, whatever I'm going <laughs> here. But, but same thing, right? Like, you know, so don't suffer in the house that you're in if your family's growing um, or you need to downsize because all your kids are out of the house or, or whatnot. Um, and you, you have a, an option to cash in with a lot of equity you can still make some things happen. So, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of what we've been hearing is, um, you know, they kind of talk about this as the lock in effect for housing. So it's locked in. So I'm locked in because I'm not leaving my 2.625. I'm in the same boat. My so it's like I'm mentally locked in. You're not like actually locked in. It's like perspective. You don't right. want to leave your position. I'm not going to get rid of it. I'm not going to get rid of that. Well, there's tons of different ideas solutions here i mean for one if you want needed to get out of it right now the rental market is huge there's not any inventory out there mm -hmm. 
Um, there's a shortage on, on huge shortage because of this. So there's an opportunity if you took out an equity line to have your money down, you could, you know, leverage some rental income on that home, right? Rent use oh, leverage. I, I was just seeing how a lot of people with these low interest rates are becoming accidental landlords. Um, can you can you give give us some idea? What does that look like? So you have a home, you know, with low interest rate, uh, and then you decide that the place you're living in now you want to rent out and go get a go get another home loan. Give us a high level view of what it looks like to get a, another mortgage and make one a rental property. Yeah. So usually what happens is the underwriters have to see that there's a, a benefit to the borrower, so to speak, especially if you're buying in the same area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're buying within a 10 mile or 15 mile radius, because a, you're either upsizing your house cause you get a growing family or you're in a situation where you're downsizing or. Maybe it's closer to work. Maybe there's, there's many different factors on why you would be doing this. However, you're looking at it as, okay, well, I, I hate to get rid of this, this house and then now I'm stuck. Maybe I can leverage this house and, and rent it out right now because there is a shortage, a, houses, a housing shortage out there. I'm, I'm stuttering all over the place today, guys. Uh, for those of you who can see me, it's better than uh, listening to me because you can see my facial reactions. But so... Going back to the point at hand, we have this house that you're living in. You got this 2.75 or 3% interest rate, which is effectively almost free money. And you're saying, I got, I'm sitting on, you know, 33% equity. I think that's the average right now. Um, and 99% of borrowers right now, 99% of borrowers have a mortgage rate lower than 6%. Isn't that insane? That's a crazy Historically, step. yeah. And, and, and right now, a lot of these people have 33% plus in equity. So you have a lot of equity and you're like, okay, I need to do something. Well, maybe a solution is, all right, maybe I don't have enough money saved down. And you're thinking I need to sell my house, but I don't want to sell this house because I'm a, I have free money that I borrowed on this house. And I, I hate to walk away from this rate as crazy as it is, you'll suffer in a sense, to not be comfortable in a home because of an interest rate. And that's kind of makes my mind crazy to think about because I'm doing the same thing. My house has doubled. I think my interest rate is at 2.625. And I talked to my wife. I said, well, yeah, we could sell our house and, you know, make you know, put a lot of money in our pocket right now. And then, but now I get to go out and buy a house for about the same price. And now my payment's going to double. I mean, unless I use all that cash I made to put down. So, does that make sense? You know, that's what a lot of a lot of us are thinking out there. So I would be thinking and considering, well, you know what? Maybe I want to move my house and I can rent this house. And you're allowed, as long as you have reserves, you have some money in your bank to support that mortgage. Um, if anything happened, like there wasn't a renter there, you could afford to pay for it. You have a buffer, a six-month buffer. You can actually use the rental income on that home as income to qualify for the for the new loan. The second piece of that, which we started talking about, was there needs to be a benefit to borrowers. So, for example, if you're upsizing with an explanation letter stating, you know what, I'm going to rent my house. I bought this house. Um, it was my first home. It was me and my my newlywed wife or my newlywed husband, and we move into this house, and it only has two bedrooms. But that's what we could afford at the time. And now we have this baby coming. And right now I'm using that spare bedroom in this house as a 
office and I still need my office as I work out of the house part-time or whatnot. Um, so I'm going to be buying this three-bedroom house over here or this four-bedroom house because we're a growing family now. An underwriter would check that box like there's a benefit to the borrower, right? There's a benefit to the buyer. Um, this makes sense. Uh, also, the same other ways around. I mean, you could look at it as if you're downsized. Kids are off to college. Um, the one's getting married and you have this big old house and now it's time to downsize. Well, an underwriter can kind of read through the lines. What they don't want to see happen is go someone. So say you're, you live in a nice, beautiful house and now you want to go buy this two family and you're going to try to convince the bank that you're going to live in the two family and rent out the single family. Well, it, it's a little bit unbelievable, right? And I'm going to tell you why, because why would you want to move out of a single family residence home into a two family? Because what most people would do in that case is they're taking advantage of the low down payment on the two family, make it look like they're living in it, but essentially they're never going to move into it because they're going to use that as their investment property. So this is a way that, you know, if you want to, you know, keep that and leverage that quick buy now. So your, your, your home is appreciating quicker because less money is going to that interest and more is going to that principal and you're paying it down quicker. Um, then that would be a good option for you. And then you're okay. still, doing what you need to do. So the big thing for people to know is that, or I guess maybe the myth busting here is a second more or that first mortgage, if you're getting a second home, it might not necessarily go against your debt to income ratio. As you alluded to, it could be used as rental income and therefore a borrower could be in the clear. Um, of course, if they have res some reserves to back that up. And then the second thing is there just has to be a normal reason for why they would want to to you know make that kind of life change um into a different house so most people aren't stuck as we think you know in our mind yeah and they're also thinking a lot of people i believe they're thinking that you know what housing is gonna it's gonna continue to go down with these high interest rates mm -hmm. and over the last couple of months we've seen the opposite we've actually seen an increase of um of gains over the last 14 months mm -hmm. uh, because interest rates have dropped a little bit so you know now you have you were in the mid sevens now you're in the sixes and low sixes um people are starting to move again so what happens there is you still have a it's supply demand at the end of the day people are saying or they're hearing on the news that prices are going to crash or this is anything like 2008 this is nothing like 2008, has nothing to do with it. The actual recession we got into in 2008 was real estate driven. This recession has nothing to do with real estate. As a matter of fact, real estate has been doing really well. Well, in supply and demand, I mean, very basic concepts here. This rate lock effect is part of the reason why we don't foresee things going down anytime soon because if people are sitting on their properties and not wanting to sell, um, then there's less in the less supply there and the demand's still the same. Yeah. So it, you know, it's almost, uh, the, the thing we're, we're, we're trapped in, in our mind is what's kind of driving the, the continuing prices going up higher than they would in a normal, you know, normal, yeah. um, instances. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm looking right now, just so you know, I'm looking something up, right? It's like the numbers are always changing. Um, the housing shortage right now, I believe is somewhere around 5 million. It could even be 
more than that at this point right now. So the report finds the national, this is as of March 16, 2023, finds a national shortage of 7.3 affordable and available um, rental homes, extremely low income renters. So one, you got a shortage of rentals and then you got a shortage of new, new construction homes, which I think is like four and a half, five million right now. I'm trying to see if I can pull up the number so I can give you a real number, but just know that it's a huge number right now. It's in the millions that were short. So what does that mean? That means the prices aren't going to really go anywhere. I mean, I actually had a buyer that we just did recently, or we just, they actually just got approved that had to bid over 20,000 on a house um, to get it. Now, is that like on every deal? No, it's not, but that you know, there's not a lot of inventory out there. So when there's not a lot of inventory, it's going to keep the prices, you know, there was a correction. We all know that there was a correction. You've seen a dip, but if you look back in 2021, every month they were increasing the value by like, okay, my house is 300 today. Next week it's three, next month it's 305, then it's 310. And these people who were initially putting their houses back on the market or putting them on the market were following that trend and then they were kind of getting slapped, like yeah. that's not going on right now. Now there's a correction because you usually see a three to 5% increase every year uh, as an average. And now you are seeing, you know, 15, 20% increases per year, which is not sustainable. And then you've got an increase of rates. Can you give us an idea in your 26 years of experience in the industry? Uh, how often have you seen two to four percent interest rates? And how often do you see, you know, maybe four to seven percent interest rates? Just to give us an idea, like a historical perspective. Well, historic. I mean, historically speaking, I mean, I know that probably in the last twenty-six years there might have been two or three pockets where we've seen rates in the low fours and high threes. You know, two thousand twelve was one of those markets where we've seen a big rate um, decrease and people went crazy refinancing and. Um, we saw that, and then I think in the early 2000s, I don't have that right in front of me. I wish I did right now, but there's probably two or three times we've seen them hit that low. But if we look at the overall average of what I've seen is probably fives and six, sixes all the way up in certain markets where it was seven and eight, like in 05, 06, and then you saw the dip again, and then people refinanced. And I think you're gonna see that over the next few years. So uh, five to seven is not this crazy number no, it's really not. I mean, I, I, a matter of fact, um, you know, Mindy, for those people watching, I can do this real quick. I can actually punch in historical mortgage rates and I can share something for those of those, those of you who are watching right now. So, cause I remember, uh, well, yeah, 2017. I mean, no one's talking about the housing crisis of 2017 or anything. Right. It wasn't a thing. But I had like a three point, I don't know, it was 3.5 or something like that. It was in the threes interest rate on my very first place that I bought. And uh, I mean, to me, it was just normal. Yep. Um, and again, no one was, it just wasn't a, a topic of discussion um, that, oh my gosh, this is such a low rate or, oh my gosh, rates are going up higher. It just, just wasn't a thing. Yeah. So this one is a good one. Let me see if I can get this up a little bit. And then I am going to see if I can share it with you. How can I make this bigger? And this is a really good one to see. And then I can kind of talk talk with everybody on it too. See if I can make it bigger. Try to touch my screen, but it's not working. But you guys will see it. 
Anyway, so let's look at this real quickly. Um, All right, you able to share your screen? This says host disable. Are you the host now, Mindy? Now you're the host. No, it says, uh, yeah, you are the host now. Okay, so let's see. I am the captain now. Okay. Anyway, you guys saw that movie. Can you can you see my screen, Mindy? Not yet. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. So let's take a look at this chart right here. This is a great chart that goes back to 1971. Um, if you see here, we have our rates in 2019, which are still right around that 4% mark, right? Four, four and a quarter. And now we know what they've been in the last three years. You know where they've been in the last three years. Yeah, they were down. But if you look at this average from 2019, four, four and a quarter, a little high fours, um, spike might have dipped a little bit there. We had a little bit dip under four and 13 and 11. Remember I said 2012, we've seen that dip right here. That's where we send that little dip that kind of went down to the, you know, in, into the fours, into the low fours and possibly even hitting the threes. Um, and then you look, the rates were higher. I mean, we're looking at right here in 07, 09, you were 6%. I know where they are today, right? A little under 6% in 03, 05. I just mentioned that same time period then. Then you have 2001, 2003. Again, look at these rates. I mean, they're going up to, we're almost at 7% 7 right here in 01. And up into the 8s back in 99. Um, 95 again, we're almost at 10%, nine and about 9%, nine and a half percent in nine and 95. And they continue to go up. I mean, you go back into the eighties. I mean, they went up as high as almost 18%. So when you talk about rates, if you're looking at this chart, if you can see this chart and those of you just listening, just visualize a line that's pretty much hovering between eight and I would say four and a half, five percent. That was pretty much in your middle road of your rates, right around the six, six and a half is pretty much where they are today. However, we were so spoiled in the last two years due to the pandemic and you know the government buying up the bonds that the rates were unreasonably low. We never, never had them that low ever. I mean, you, 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 we haven't seen them. So that being said, I'm gonna kind of unshare the screen but it's a good visual for you guys. And I encourage you guys go on, you know, go on Google. This stuff is here. I mean, the information is there for you to see. You can see exactly what the historical rates are. If you have questions, you've been on the fence of, on this and know this, we know that the rates will be going down a little bit. So even if you were to sell your house, you're making 300, 400, 500,000. Now you you're building some, hopefully you're doing something smart with your money. You're not going out buying you know, things that depreciate in value like TVs and cars and crazy stuff that some people do. But if you put it into an asset driven portfolio, some of it that's increasing in value, you go buy your new house, you might eat a little bit on the interest rate for a year or two, but the rate should be back at some point, maybe in the fives or fours, you refinance, put an extra, whatever those savings look like, could be a couple hundred, could be a couple thousand a year, could be 5,000 a year, whatever that that difference is depending on the size of the mortgage. I would say I wouldn't sit on the fence because property values might continue to, to, to kind of level off and go up. So if you're thinking that I'm going to wait because I get this awesome interest rate, I'm going to wait till prices crash. And then if prices crash, imagine that. If prices crash, are you going to sell your house? 
We're not saying prices are crashing, though. <laughs> They're not crashing, but I mean, if that's your goal is like, wait until prices go down, well, then you're going to be selling when prices go down, yeah. unless you're going to be keeping your house to rent. So uh, solutions that I see right now are one, you do have the opportunity to hold on to the property and rent it. Um, again, big shortage in rentals all over the country. Um, you can be able to at least offset your, probably maybe even offset your mortgage um, or pay that mortgage down really fast, uh, which is you now you have an appreciating asset over here. Um, the second thing is, is sell, take your equity, right? And use some of your equity to buy your new home and just be smart about what you buy. You, you know, you've made a lot of money in the past few years on your, on your home if you bought before that. So there's an opportunity for you to put a substantial amount of money down, probably even avoid MI, PMI, because like I said, the average person has 33% equity in their home. So that would probably save you some money if you're still paying PMI on your loan. It wouldn't really offset the payment all by that much. It, it might, you know, it will save you a little bit if you buy new with no PMI. So the numbers shouldn't be that far off. But I think... Oh. Get off the fence is what my recommendation is. Well, we know that the average time a person spends in a home used to be seven years. The new average is now five years before they sell. So five to seven years, whichever, you know, if you want to be more liberal or conservative with that. So at this point, people have been in their homes two to three years. That means that the first set of people um, that would be moving are coming up and then you know, the, the average, the rest of the average is going to be coming up here in the next couple of years. So it's not something that we can just, just sit on and, and be totally inactive and be, be stuck for. Right. Correct. So, I mean, you know, I think right now is the time to, to start looking because once what will happen as the rates continue to go down is you're going to start having more and more bidding wars again. So it's going to be, it's easier to buy. I mean, it's not easy to buy now, but it's easier to buy right now because you're just going to still have a lot of those other people that are going to be looking at this lock-in effect and not wanting to move. So before those rates go down where they're starting to maybe put their houses on the market and still with that shortage, you're going to start having buyers start buying as well with the lower rates. You're going to start having that more bidding wars again. So this might be a time that can get you ahead of the curve, knowing that in a year or two, you may be able to refinance. I know myself and other lenders out there are offering like um, programs to where we'll pay our bank charges for you once you refinance, just to help people get off the fence and move. We say, okay, we'll pay for your appraisal and we'll pay for your bank costs. So the only charges you really have when you refinance will be outside third-party charges like uh, you know, uh, title titles, uh, companies and recordings, attorneys, if you're an attorney state. So, um, Chris, can you give us an overview of your rate, um, protection program that you guys at Novus are offering, um, just in case anyone finds themselves in this position or is thinking of maybe buying right now and on the fence, what can a buyer expect from that? Yeah. So, um, ours, uh, our rate protection program is if you do, if you finance your home in the next five, five years, refinance and you come through us, I'll waive all your bank charges and we'll pay for your appraisal, um, which will save you a substantial amount of money. Um, so we know that it's not easy to go from the rate that you have or even, you know, 
and, and go into a new house, but we just want you to know that we're here to support you. So and if I, one more stat I just want to say. Um, from back in, uh, I think it was the 70s, and I, it was, I had some notes, and it just kind of came to me. Um, but in 78 to 1981, the average monthly note for a fixed-rate mortgage was 10.1%, right? And then it moved as high as 17.8. So this isn't the first time we've seen this type of um, reaction from people. As the rates grew, as it kept growing higher and higher, fewer homeowners moved in that, that time period as well. So this isn't something new that's just happening now. It's, it's, very, it's, it's a common thing that happens when you see that spread. And that was a spread of 7%, I mean, almost 8%. I mean, we have a spread of like 3% in this last month, 3.5% tops, you know what I mean? So uh, people still went ahead and moved, but um, this has contributed to about 19% drop in new listings. That's a huge drop, especially. Okay. In but if someone, um, if someone buys a home now, say at six or whatever percentage is out there today and rates drop, sometime in between now and the next five years, they have this great program with you guys or your buyers, I should say your buyers, um, have the ability to refinance without a certain extra cost uh, into that lower rate that it'll be in the future. Correct. Yeah. They're not going to have any bank charges or anything like that once they refinance. So that's an awesome program an awesome safety it's net. It's good. So, you know, I, I mean, I say, you know, don't stay put. I said, this is a time to start looking and evaluating it, you know, before the rates go down and people start moving again. Now, if you buy, you'll, you'll get increases of your value if there starts to become bidding wars then. So you, you might be in a position to get more equity, mm -hmm. something now. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing this with us. Um, very timely, just because I know that a lot of people in our circle are talking about it. A lot of your clients, potential home buyers, are talking about it. And uh, someone has to address what everyone's feeling. Right. So thank you for taking the time well, um, to talk with us today about this issue. All right. Thanks, everybody. If you have any questions, please um, message me. Uh, go to any of my social networks. You can find me on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. Uh, Facebook, TikTok. Instagram. I think we even roll a Twitter account. So I'm easily accessible or, or just even visit our webpage at Mortgage Dreams and you can see all our blogs and a lot of good information and videos um, on a lot of the topics that we talk about. So that's right. Well, we'll see you here next week. All right. We'll see everyone here next week. Same time, same place. Excellent. Thank uh, you all. Any uh, topic suggestions, send them in. We'll talk about them. So good. all we got. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day all. Have a great week, everyone. Bye now.